Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to J.M., a production of iHeartRadio. Yay, what's up, everybody? Hey, this is the podcast J.M. This is Jill Scott with my ladies. Hello, this is Aja Braden. They know me. You may know me from such places as Kindred the Family Soul or the schoolyard, picking up several and multiple children. Count them, they are six. I'm on, half of them are almost gone, and I'm here with you, J.L. Thank you for having me. Ill. So happy to have you. Oh, wow. I don't know whether to go to the valley or to my bill collector voice. Which one are we doing? Do a bill collector. Bill collector. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, you have reached Margaret. Yes. Uh, so my name. Oh, I just gave up my whole government. That's all right. Yeah, I'm. I'm like. Yeah, you made me you laugh. May, that crazy laugh. Go ahead. You may know me from my mouth just running. I don't have six children and a hit record, but my mouth does its work. Oh, that's funny because look what we talking about today. Amen. Mouth and work. Work. Work from mouth. Ladies and mouth gentlemen, it's an option. <laughs> this is a podcast to spark. Conversation. That's the point and the goal. Listen, we are talking about sex workers today. Ooh, sex. Mm. Uh, yeah. Sex talking about sex workers. One on one. Right. So interesting now that we use the term sex worker because the point at the end of the day was to think sex should not be work, but yet it huh. is the job choice of many people. Of many people. Obviously, male, female, all genders, all, all folks. So a lot of people are getting busy. And sometimes even when it's not a job, it's work. 
I don't know. I feel like if sex is work, then we shouldn't be doing it. That part. I feel like I'm supposed to be free and we're supposed to just enjoy each other. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't believe in all that. <laughs> we shouldn't be doing him but, or her. Yes. Well, that operates it. under the assumption that getting sex or access to sex is easy for people because see, maybe they don't have oh. access to just have it on a whim. Everyone's not as sexy and attractive as Jill you. Jill looks so shocked. What is this? No <laughs> sex on demand? <laughs> I, I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> this very you know, essential part of life can sometimes be a service that many people are in the market for. That's all I'm going to say about that. I think that's a very, very mature way to bring this up. Yeah, because some people are paying for the gooch. They and it ain't all the men. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Honestly, I tell you the truth. I really wanted to start a brothel, but I'm not a fan of prison. So I never did it. But I mean, you could do it legal in Vegas, right? Vegas is legal. It's, well, a brothel? No. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like the word brothel? Like that? You can have a brothel legally in Vegas? And legally. Yes, girl. Yes. Don't you remember the Bunny Farm from back in the day? Bunny yes, Ranch. You're right. I used to watch Bunny that show. Ranch. Yes. 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 And also, that's, oh, that's ill. That reminds me of Magic Mike 2, where Jada Pinkett ran kind of like her version of a brothel for women. Yeah, well, it was like a stripper thing. I don't know if they were doing it, dude. But I wanted to get a brothel for women, for women. I wanted men that did not wear G-strings, did not wear thigh highs or... Yeah, (laughs) hoods on their whole penal situation. You know what what it's called? A cock sock. Oh, that, I never, thank you, Jill. Yeah, wow. Lessons. Yes. Lessons. Yes, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> thank you. I'm immediately out. Like, when I see those things, when I Me see too. that stuff, I'm out. I'm no longer interested. You know, I wanted the guys to have, like, Tim's and jeans. You know what I mean? I wanted mm-hmm. them to have on suits. I wanted them to have a job. I wanted them to be a doctor. You know what I mean? I but they jobs. See, see, they job. What they this is be their side hustle. I guess that's wrong, Jill. You I mean, demanding way more for the males than the men demand from listen, the females. Our standards are higher to play a <laughs> like, character. To play a character, yeah. mm. I feel that right at the end of the night when all the ladies have watched some dancing and had some drinks and all of these things, then the men just get naked and they walk around and keep serving drinks, and you can pick who you want. Mm. I thought it would be so nice because there are a lot of very well-off women that really, really struggle with finding somebody that they can spend their time with because it's a lot of suckers out here. Another topic. Wait. It's a lot of suckers. And you got to make sure that nobody's got a camera in the room. You got to make sure, you know, Mm. you have to like really, really look out for yourself where they're not going to try to sneak you one. And next thing you know, you got, you know, you're pregnant or something or sick. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Well, it's like you're basically saying it's hard to vet these folks. It's hard to vet. So you're doing all of that work ahead of time, particularly with the socialized sexual in- encounters. For the it's not evening. like a lot of relationships. Right. It's, it's just a social thing. I, you hmm. serve my needs. I say, the, you know, the woman says what she wants and that's exactly what she gets. 
If so, she wants you know, tender loving, then that's what she gets. If she wants, you know, something rough and aggressive and dominant, then that's what she gets. Like, I thought it would be such an incredible yes. way to be of service to women. You know, this I, is interesting. Yeah. Are you confirming there is no secret Illuminati Hollywood like uh, escort service? Because in my mind, I just thought that had heard that's going on. You would know. I don't. Right. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm totally in the Illuminati. I, or the, the Black Lottie, whatever y'all call it. <laughs> the Man, Black Lottie. <laughs> there's no service for women in, at least in this Hollywood. You know? I don't mess with nobody. So I don't know what's going on. Stations, I'm not accusing you. I'm saying, you know, you're no, talking to I'm not. I, know, I didn't feel accused. I'm just telling you what it is. I don't oh. know what people do. I'm oh, my business. I have no Listen, idea. Even if there is, I promise you, ain't none of it catered to no black women. That much I do know. I wonder. If it exists, it ain't for us. I wonder. Yo, did we just... I yo. wonder. Did we find a niche... Do you need a quiet investor? Listen, I'm just saying because if they can give massages and stuff too, like absolutely, I don't know if y'all saw that episode of the shot when the mama got the massage and masseuse and they the boot, the booty. Well, I, there was a video that was circulating on the internet a while ago. There was a man who was doing this like sensual massage service. Yeah, and he had like a video that was that. circulating amongst the ladies. Yes, I remember this. And I was thinking to myself, like it was a little much, but hey, the what do you do? What, what do you do? What he? When was it much for you? When did when, when did it go too far? What was it? I don't know. Like for me. The look of it was awesome. It was like, oh, yes, I would love to be touched in that way. But when I thought about being touched in that way by somebody who I did not know, who I know was also touching multiple other people like that, that was when it just kind of, I lost it. But my thing is, that's just me. And right. there's like, and also too, there's like, there's a market out there for that. Well, you and was like, married, so it's not always because of that. I I'm sorry, I pulled like, it out yeah. again. Did I do it again? I yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Like, <laughs> when you when you just release settled. me from the box that I'm in in your mind. Release <laughs> me. Release. I just miss, I just meant because could you really see any other man touching you like that anyway? Like regardless of how many. That's what I just meant. Wait a minute. So you're saying you don't get massages? I've gotten a massage, but I, I, I've never had a massage from a man. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't had it, but I want the it. The firm I... grip getting deep into the muscle. I really, really appreciate that. Well, the best deep tissue massage I ever had was a white lady. I mean, <laughs> she was off the chain. I don't know where he is. Shout out to Michelle. I don't know where you are in the world. I think he was Jewish. I'm not sure, but he was a mutant. He had pads <laughs> on the end of his fingers that were like that big. No exaggeration. Like they were pads. And when I tell you... We would work together. I would stress. We were a team. I would breathe and he would, um, I would get in position so that he could get into the muscles and he would work those mutant fingers. Honey, I left out of there feeling like a gazillion bucks. Okay. Was it a deep tissue or what what kind of massage was it? We made it up. Well, I thought we made it up. We probably (laughs) didn't make it up. thought we made it up. We, <laughs> I would stretch in the way that I needed and he would go wherever I needed him to go to work into the muscle so I could be completely specific. He's not finding things. I'm showing him exactly, you know, where I'm oh. tight, you know, where there's a, a, a bump was or it, a Is lump. he handsome? He was. 
He was. Because, I mean, this, you know, we, we talk about sex workers, so I, I don't want you to be too G on me. I'm like, did he? No, no, so no, 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 to, no, no, no. I've okay. never had that kind of experience. Let me just say this. When we're talking you about sex workers. stopped at the thigh? I just, okay. No, well, I mean, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't want that. I, okay. I wouldn't want that. First of all, okay. On demand. Let me say that I have a respect for sex workers and, and a fascination that I've had since the first time I saw a prostitute on the street. I was mm. like, what in the world? The fact that she could turn off everything that is so specifically feminine to me, the sense of smell, the, oh, the sense of smell. That's a big one for me. Mm. Her desire, she doesn't necessarily desire this. It's a job, you know what I mean? Like. To be able to turn off everything is like, you know, your your risk. Not to say, I'm not talking about condoms. I'm talking about mm-hmm. places. I'm talking about being with somebody that you don't know, that you really, really do not know at all. Mm-hmm. You don't know their name. You don't know this is their car or whatever. You know, you don't know them. Like to turn off all of your... It's like turning on certain instincts for survival, but turning off all of the soft, frilly shit mm-hmm. that we hold on to that matters to us. I find that absolutely fascinating. Well, I don't know if, if they let go of the frilly shit more than they have realized, well, this is obviously me not knowing, speaking from a place of ignorance, but just in my opinion, possibly that they are more so characterizing and the performance of, of femininity, quote unquote, because just like strippers and I mean, or um, dancers, exotic dancers, that they have to kind of put on a character. Mm-hmm. Part of the experience for the person who is, you know, trying to be the John or whatever is this fantasy or this moment where it, where it's like performative intimacy. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not even, and not saying that some people don't even require that. But I'm just saying, like, it depends on who the person is. So, yeah, I mean, also, too, obviously, you're talking about a specific kind of sex worker who's working in a, you know, in a situation. Yeah, yeah. right. 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 That's yeah, interesting. So, I never thought about that, Asia. The difference in the work that the dancer has to do as opposed to an actual, and it's not even actual sex. I don't even know. Is it proper to say prostitute? Because everybody's under a sex worker umbrella, right? Like strippers, management, anybody who works in the sex industry, your sex worker. But right, or even people who who do like movies and stuff like that. Right, or, right. Yeah, so I guess it's all under the same umbrella. But all of it does require some compartmentalizing. Right. Um, I mean, it, it's all going to require that on some level. So what Jill is saying is that that's pretty freaking fascinating that somebody can actually compartmentalize something that's supposed to be so tightly linked with natural emotion and feelings and things like that, that it becomes transactional. Right. But does but the where, dancer have to be more creative than the actual person who's doing the sexual act in that way? I was just curious if you think about it, because the man who's coming to get the sexual act done is that's what it is. It's that's bam, bam, bam. But the dancer who is creating and having to, it's just, it's interesting. It's like, I think it's all the same because everybody talks about how these, like a lot of men and women too, they have conversations with sex workers. Like they sometimes just need to talk. They won't talk to me. They won't talk to me. I've tried. I've tried many times over the years. I've tried in Amsterdam. I've offered to pay for a conversation 
and they will not talk to me. I don't understand. How many times have you done this? How many times have I tried to talk to them? That's, that somebody said, no, yeah. I'm, yeah how many I times do you think you've asked? 10, 11? That's, and I'm sure it's in different cities. Yeah. Like that's, I don't understand that, Jill. Like, I don't know. I haven't figured it. I think it's me. They think you are up. <laughs> they probably think I am. I'm not, though. And <laughs> I, I in no way mean to minimize the risk because you can absolutely be murdered and you could absolutely be raped and you could absolutely mm-hmm. catch, you know, some horrible disease that you may or may not be able to cure. Like, I still find that fascinating that they would take that risk you know for for money and and get this money and that's the primary focus and goal is to get this money like wow well i don't know to me i feel like sex is more often transactional in that way in Mm. in all forms of life you Mm. know i remember watching the movie paris is burning and how one of the women in the movie one of the um, trans women in the movie talked about how she would be judged for doing sex work, but that women in the suburbs, if they wanted to get like a new refrigerator mm-hmm. or they wanted to get something from their husbands, that they might sleep with their husbands to coax them into doing things that they wanted. And so I think what she was trying to say is that sex in our culture is quite often very transactional because theirs seems so overtly transactional that that doesn't mean that that's not part of our overall culture. Even down to like marriage at some point when people were like, oh, here's a dowry. I'm going to pay you to be able to have sex with this woman to marry her. You know what I'm saying? And so all of these things, sex and our relationship to one another you know, really does end up being transactional more often than not. I don't know. I've never experienced that. Mm. Well, ain't nobody never paid me for the coup de coup, but I'm just saying. No, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not talking about the payment part. I'm not talking about the payment part, because I mean, I do mean that too, but the whole idea Exchange? of the transaction to get yeah. something other than a nut. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, well, no, that's not something that I've actually done, but I'm just, he, what she's talking about is culture. But Jill, you we know, damn sure no girlfriends that did. We damn sure have girlfriends that was like, girl, I'm gonna just give him some heat. Mm-hmm. I know girls that were having sex trying to get football players, you know, get a baby with a football player. Right. You know, right. I, I, I know. Transactional. I see what you mean. I see what you mm-hmm. mean. Nonetheless, yeah, I just find it fascinating so much so that you know, I don't spend a lot of time with a lot of people, but when I'm on tour, you know, I, I have my, my homies and we'll go and look for the hoes. We will. It's fascinating to me watching the eye contact, the whole conversation, you know, between a trick and a, and a possible, you know, lady for the night, that brazenness. I find it. I just want to clap. They're so bold and so just brazen with it. You know, wow. their sexuality. I'm like, get it. Like, I think it's fascinating in a world like this society that can be so uh, toxic and puritan when it comes to sex and sexuality. The fact mm-hmm. that they've, they've whisked all these things away is fascinating to me. I, I, I noticed that. Well, I wouldn't assume that there are some people who choose Absolutely. Who choose, who, mm-hmm. who who would like to do this work and do it. So I want to make sure that I say that, that there are people who choose that, right? But then also, too, the most risky 
And the most dangerous situations are usually inhabited by people who on the front end of them being involved in sex work have been traumatized or somehow isolated from society and you know and like talking about Paris is burning and the idea that even now that we're just currently talking about violence against trans women that inability to find work Uh if you are a teenager a runaway boom you can't find work because you're you're not legally an adult you're probably a runaway because you have dealt with multiple different traumas. If you're a trans person, people are just discriminate against you, so it's hard to find work. So a lot of times people who get into the most precarious situations around sex work are people who are actually not being serviced or traumatized in other ways. So some of the brazen behavior, not to peel back any of the sheen from it, but just to say, and not to say that they aren't also very much in touch with their own sexuality, but that some of that might just be like an outward coping mechanism based yeah. on being over-sexualized for a long period of time. I'm I curious don't to know. think that everybody is a victim. Oh, no, I don't either, no. But I would like to know those numbers because to be honest, I wouldn't, bet, I wouldn't bet against... It's funny. Well, I love talking to, to Heather Hunter about this kind of stuff, but actually, I remember being in a room with her once and interviewing her and talking about how she got into the porn industry, but it was, I was in a room of men. And one of my biggest regrets was we asked her the question. She said, I was sexually assaulted. The men got weird and we moved on because men don't want to see that with their porn stars, their sex workers. Like they don't want to know the truth. I don't even want to put it on men sometimes. I just want to say people who enjoy don't want to see those truths. But I don't know, y'all. I kind of think that the majority is leaning on the something happened. Something ain't right at some point. Very possibly. But I will say that Vanessa Del Rio, in Mm. her book, 50 Years of Slightly Slutty Behavior, Mm -hmm. she said she knew she was going to be a slut when she turned 12. She was absolutely certain of it. And then she went and pursued that life. Mm-hmm. But why? But but why? And what was her upbringing like? Like, I just need she more. She's a mother and a father, a normal existence. If I'm mistaken, I, don't, I really don't think I am. But she just wanted the feeling. She wanted to be touched. And Damn. to this day, you know, I think of her as like the goat of feminine sexuality. She enjoyed herself. Especially a woman of color. I I, I see that. Right. Like she enjoyed mm. herself. Like, I went to the strip club. It was my first time. And I just found a spot in the corner in, in the dark so that I could see. I'm a writer. You know, I love to see the expression on people's faces. I love to see the women click into working and click off. I was fascinated by that. And some women, some dancers beguiled and coerced. And others got straight naked right immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to co-sign what you were saying was because, like, my daughter told me once that she knew a girl when everybody was asked what they wanted to be. She very confidently said in a room full of other students that she wanted to be an exotic dancer. Now, that's... Okay. She said she said she wanted to go into into doing that. Now, that's not exactly sex work, but you, you get my vibe. I mean, it is. It, it, it is. In today in 2020, right. in the umbrella, but yeah. And under the umbrella. And so she did say that. And I also want to take this moment to acknowledge that, again, like 
just to, to co-sign what Jill said, is that there are people who choose mm-hmm. the many diverse ways that you can be involved in sex work. That is safe. Right. That is not dangerous. So that's what that I was speaking is, of, the, the dangerous part of it. So you're right, Asia. Right. I should clear myself up and say so, when right. it comes yeah, to so the there sex... Are, um, Inter- yes, and that are and businesses that are specifically geared towards people of color, right, and run by people of color. So there's not only just right people who choose to be a part of sex work, but people who cho- choose to be a part of sex work that is specific to us as a community. Which is why yeah. early when we talked about the brothel, I was like, ah, girl, that might be a <laughs> that, that might be something that's needed that ain't there. You know what Sir, I mean? It's so, trying to serve as women in that way. Right. Uh, particularly wealthy black women. Particularly. Particularly. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't do ch- no no cheapos, right? Can't spend time with just any old body. You know, you just, unfortunately, you, you just can't. Boom. That's just sad. It's just, <laughs> it, I, I didn't, when you said that earlier, Joe, I was like, I said another topic because I, just that whole topic of women, especially in this industry who are, excelling of color and when you look at them a lot of times they are single don't have time to get satisfied and it's a whole sad downward spiral Mm -hmm. of we can't have it all (laughs) of we can't have it all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. damn well that was a short (laughs) (laughs) wow well damn song of silence okay more conversation after this break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
I'll say, I wish that we in this country, but I'm like, we're still at a pause as far as like healthcare and taking care of sexual workers when there are like other countries yeah. that are really like getting in, which I'm like, imagine if we could, we had a healthcare situation like set up for our. Well, I mean, usually that happens when it's legal, right? Because yeah. when it's legal, then you have an obligation. Vegas, though? I wonder if Vegas, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not saying, well, I mean, our country's healthcare is, is shitty across the board. So I can imagine that for any person, and particularly people of color, and particularly women of color, that you're going to find a massive disparity no matter what their job is. You better because say if you can let if you can let Serena Williams almost die, then mm. listen, we all at risk. Word. Well, listen, I know, we all know, we already had this where we said that, you know, we know that a lot of people don't choose this life. And for all the women and men and uh, non-binary and everybody else, if you're out there and you are selling your body, you know, to make a living, <sighs> change is up to you. There are a lot of things to do. And I, I know nothing is necessarily easy. I can say for myself, being exceptionally broke that it never crossed my mind that I work construction that I refurbished furniture that I was a maid and a poet for $15 (laughs) a pop I know that we are not you know the same people but there are some options that may not make everything great immediately but can get you away from what you don't want to do, what doesn't feel right in your soul. And to the folks that it feels right in their soul and they're good with being sex workers, I just think you're fascinating. I cannot relate, but I still find it so intriguing that you know how the city is doing based on the prostitutes on the street. That's how Mm. you know. Mm. In Atlantic City, they look like they're trying. They got mm. on feather boas. Oh, Atlantic City. That's right. Oh, <laughs> they my look God. like they're trying. In, what was that Ice-T series? I seen them. In Vegas, yeah. flawless. It's that yeah. the whole, you know, Vegas is full of uh, imagery. And that's how the, the sex workers there look. They look flawless. It's amazing. Give me another city, Jill. What else? We'll give you another New one. York. Okay. You're you going to get it raw, raw. It is <laughs> so, whew, it's zero fucks given. The whole coochie mm. out, walking the street, high heels, purple wig, what you want to do. That's mm. how you can tell how the city is doing. If you're interested in moving to a new place, I suggest find out where the prostitutes stroll. And look, then you'll see how the city is. You'll see how the energy of the city is. Well, I believe that's that. That's all changing now, Jill, though, in a COVID America. Shoot. Well. You might be doing some uh, go GoFundMe for your favorite city's sex, sex workers. <sighs> Ain't that ill? Yeah. I I wonder, Yeah, I want to ask somebody, I see sometimes on Instagram that people are putting their stuff out, like all their stuff, like their whole, you know, vagina on Instagram. And yeah, I, I see that sometimes, occasionally. And um, it slides through. Yeah. I wonder, do they make money? Like, is that like a sex worker? Are they- well, no, they have like something that they call like OnlyFans, which is not necessarily like specific to sex work, but it is about making money. People use it being, on that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. they use it in that way. 
I don't have an issue with the way any individual uses their body to do whatever it is that they want to do, long as they want to do it. Mm-hmm. But I do have a particular issue with the way that, as a country, we just don't support people who are vulnerable and that they have to take up this work because of that. Yeah, that that pisses me off. Uh, in any job, eventually you can get good at it and any job. If you're good at it, then you can find some joy in in doing it. But I do think that, you know, it's just indicative when you said, you know how the city's doing when you see the hoes. Yep. I 100 percent agree, because like I said, the, when you start seeing who's vulnerable. Right. That's my thing. You know, just that that's that's my issue. But mm. again, it's bigger than that. Obviously, as Black women, as mothers, as human beings, we worry about people who are vulnerable, but obviously it is bigger than that. And I think as a community, we got to think a little bit more out of the box about that and understand that it's viable work and that it's not shameful work and that it does have its place in the world and that, you know, it is not new either. Oh, oldest gig in the world. And also not a place for boys. Or others when they, they're not being accepted at home. Like that, I just don't want that to be their first line of defense. That that's what I got to do. Well, the resources got to be there. Yeah, yeah. I think that it truly is about what people want. I think that there's all kind of colors and all kind of flowers in the garden. And there are some people that unfortunately, oh, God bless you, have been damaged in, in some horrible way. And this has led you to this place that you are. And then there are others that absolutely know and are clear-sighted and support themselves and their families, and they love what they do. And those are the ones that I'm really talking about. You know, I'm talking about people who make that decision. And although I think it's cool, what happens when it's your partner that's going to visit a sex worker? How does wow. how does the narrative change, you know, then? I would not like that. <laughs> I, would, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't like preference. it because we have made an agreement to only be sexual with each other. So that would obviously break that contract. In that sense of the word, then of course I would have an issue with it. If that wasn't our contract, right, then I would be more concerned with are you Just all like right? Anything. What's going on yeah, in your I head? Have more, yeah, I would have more concern about where you chose to get that service. Like, it's like, I'm hungry. And what service concern- you chose to get, too. Right, because- I'm concerned about whether or not you went to McDonald's. Yeah. Or you oh. went... You know what I'm saying? Cheesecake mm-hmm. Factory. Like, or I don't know. I'm just giving. Like, what's, what's, the, what's the vibe here? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But I think, I, I think ultimately we're living in a time period where we're more likely to be sexually repressed than not. Mm-hmm. We're more likely to exclude people from whatever society thinks is respectable. Mm-hmm. And so I am trying to shift my thinking away from that. So I want more so to think about the facts that we would probably benefit from being more sexually open as opposed to less. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to think more about making it easier for people who have to make a way when they are isolated from quote unquote societal standards to make a way for themselves and for that to be absent of shame and judgment. Nothing is easy. That's kind of where my head is at. Nothing is easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to... You're... So even if it were my mate, even if it were my mate, again, if that was a contract we had, 
I would be trying to or attempting to lean more towards the, the space where I understand that he may be sexually repressed or maybe there's something going on that he has to explore about his sexuality more than that I would feel like he had violated me in some way. So I'm just trying to shift my thinking from that place. So would I be okay with it? No, because that's not my current contract. But I'm just saying, if I had to consider it, I would be trying to consider it from that space. Because we're okay with pharmaceutical companies, but we don't like drug dealers. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I feel like you can get, you know, I guess we'll call it a word. You can get a word from the homeless man on the corner. You can get a word from the dental hygienist. You can get a word from the the drug addict running up the street and singing a song. You know, you can get something that can affirm your life if you don't look down on other people or think somebody is beneath you or above you, for that matter. If you keep it gully and realize that there's two sides, three sides, four sides, 18 sides plus to every human being without compartmentalizing them and putting people in a box. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of the foolishness. (laughs) It takes a lot of the stereotypes off of human beings. We'll be back after the break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or... Get goofy officially, step up like a boss and save the day, or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. We get to know what we're doing, you know, personally, like in a lot of people's personal lives. We're in their houses a lot. 
but we don't really know what they're doing, doing, Mm-mm. you know? So Perception. remember that Instagram and all of this, this is a show. This is a, a present, highlight reel. It's a presentation. It's a highlight reel, like you said, you know? Yeah. So when we're speaking out uh, or we're speaking up, rather, I like speaking mm-hmm. up. Speaking out sounds like it's attacking someone, but speaking right. up is different. You know, when we're speaking up about young women or young people that go into the sex field, I just want to make sure that we're being balanced. I don't, in fact, I don't, I don't know if it is balanced. And I doubt that very much that it's balanced. I think a lot of people are in it because they've been damaged. You know, yeah. someone has harmed them, you know, in a very real way. So I get that. I do. That's why I appreciate uh, Poise in that way. Uh, that whole show. Because it just provided a different perspective. People didn't even understand that that in turn can open you up into a house and what a house means and mm-hmm. what a mother means. And I just was like, it's a, just another aspect of life that you everybody needs to be aware of that's not necessarily your life. It's the difference between artists and entertainers. You know, mm-hmm. artists live by this code. It's a mandatory presentation of ideas. Entertainers entertain for the purpose of entertainment. Mm. It's it's not necessarily a spiritual thing. It's it's a gig, you know, yeah. like, right. So you've got some, some dancers, some, you know, sex workers that are doing this thing because it suits them. They were born to do it. And then there are others you know, that had other stuff. trauma. What if, Jill, what if, what if we went around into some of these different cities, you actually asked like some of these sex workers, like, what were your dreams? Like, what did you, what was, if not for this, should be doing? I would love to. I'm telling you, I've tried. Oh, that's on right. You can't do it. <laughs> on many different countries, many countries oh, to, to ask. I, I mean, I've, I've tried. They just don't want to talk to me. Not in that way. All right. Well, let me let me roll with you. I didn't work in a strip club. That's how I, that's how I got my matriculation into this world. I was like, and it's funny because when Asia talked about her daughter and her friend wanting to be that, I was like, well, I hope that she starts slow. And a great way to be introduced into that world is to actually just be a waitress at a strip club. Let me tell you, as a young girl, it is something very interesting. How so? Just the education. I mean, you know, I went to school in Atlanta. So on so many levels, on being 18 and being in a room and a mega, mega strip club full of naked women and the things that you have to deal with, like they're the, there's the good and the bad. You know, there's a sisterhood element because there is. There's a sisterhood element if you let it. But then there's another element of, you know, clientele. And as a young girl, I was much more uh, revolutionary in mind and hella, 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 more, more, more black, if you could imagine it. And it was just fascinating to me. I, I think I got fired once because I asked this, this this black man, I was like, what is it that you see in this, what coochie that's got you so fascinated? I don't, it was, I got fired for that because <laughs> you weren't supposed to do that. What I'm saying is, I'm glad that I, I don't know, for some reason, as a woman of my age now, I'm glad that I did it. It felt like a matriculation in a way. I've been to a strip club where women were dancing one time. And wow, I know. And I hate that that is my reality because I feel like it fits within the box you expect from me. But it's okay. I'll take that because it is actually the truth. (laughs) 
it's the truth. So I have to live in that truth. I have to a big box for you. For today. I just want a disclaimer. I have a really big box for you. I also, it's freak is in that box. Just so you know. I mean, it's some other things. Like, <laughs> okay. As it okay. should be. As it should be. As it should be. <laughs> I went one time and my husband was so mortified because <laughs> I was like, you know, we should go because I've never been. So he's like, well, shoot, I guess let's, let's go because you got to go at least one time. So we went. And just, I couldn't, I can't help but befriend women because I love women. <laughs> so when I went in there, I didn't know what to do with my damn money. So at that point, oh I was like, I when the girl was dancing, I was like, I was like, yes, girl. Cause I didn't know what else to say. Cause I was like, she was popping. So I was like, when I congratulate a woman, that's how I do. So I was like, yes, girl, dance, pop, that, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> you know, so titties pop, purpy, purpy. She was going, and so okay. I was like, I was like, all right, girl. She was like, thank you. I was like, oh, like I mean, that was the that was the exchange that we had. So it was was like, I just to me, it's like anything in life. You go do something, and you deserve to be able to do whatever it is that you feel is for you. And it shouldn't feel like there's this rule to it. Oh, no. That you have to have this kind of behavior. That's when you talk about the clientele issue. It's like, I do not like this way that we accept abusive behavior or the ways that men can, men or women, can enter into a space and take on a characterization that means that now this different person in here and I can treat you differently. Which is where the sisterhood forms, just so you know. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like as far as clientele, it's not the it's not the issue of the strip club itself. It's the ways that men have decided certain women are to be treated and respected or lack thereof. And so it's like, nah, bro, if you a nice guy outside of this freaking door, you don't come in here and live out your, you know, F boy fantasies. You just gotta relax. But isn't that the point? Yeah, no, you actually, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the point to to live out your fantasies in a way, but not to be disrespectful. I mean, if your fantasy is toxic, you gotta go. And I think that that's fair. I think that not everybody can come. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe everybody can come, but not everybody can stay, you know? And usually it's interesting because a stripper, I like to say stripper, is a boss in a way as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like she kind of runs it. I, I remember like being in a situation, being a waitress at a strip club and uh, being in a, a private room. She, he's getting a dance and he puts his hand down my shirt, right? What's her reaction? Her reaction is, you got to pay her for that. Peel off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and boop. And that's what it was. It's a different governance there. So it was like, yes. And babe, here's, take this $100, babe. You okay with this $100? Yes, I'm fine. I, I'll just go you know, deal with my emotions in a corner, but yeah. Right, right, right. But, and like I said, and under the rules of the land where you were, she was like, these are the rules mm-hmm. and yes. you must follow them. Yes. You know, and so I understand her stepping in and saying, look, I'm not here to debate whether you are morally correct. What I'm telling you is that here are the rules. And, you and she doesn't it. get paid and to that dance. is right. what we need. Yeah. We need boundaries. We need to establish what the rules of engagement are, period. Mm -hmm. Is that something as a tribunal? 
as an overall agreement amongst a tribunal? Because like I say, you know, people can come, but not everybody can stay. Not everybody will want to. I'm talking about creating rules and boundaries for shit that happens in this life. Meaning, if you have somebody who's being inappropriate with you or how you deem is inappropriate, you should be able to get your brothers and they should come fuck them up. Fair? Yeah, but they got bouncers. Listen, Jill and her group of, of brothers and fucking right? like, I can't wait to see who who these bros are. I love like, it. It's like you'll all of a sudden, know. Philly stepped in. You'll never said, know. You'll never know. You'll There's never know. Society. You'll never know. <laughs> we need to make them international. I just think that we should have that as a community. You know, have that as as individuals. Do you think? That your son and your husband ain't gonna go jack somebody up if they disrespect you. It always go back to tribunals, and and <laughs> I think I fix. think we're probably gonna always go back to tribunals because that's what we need as a community. We do, we really right. do. You need a village, some people around you that will hold you accountable. That's major. Mm-hmm. That aren't in your family. That will love you, not judge you because you're supposed to be in a box, but assist you to achieve the things that you want and also create a form of protection mm-hmm. that matters. Mm-hmm. Reciprocity. Hey. Mm. Hey. Asia. This is what it is. God darn it. We keep pulling ourselves apart. She got straight hair. She got uh good hair. She got uh weave. She got natural hair. She 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 light skin. She dark skin. She we keep pulling ourselves apart. She got plastic surgery. She got I mean I, I don't want anybody that isn't beneficial to the tribunal, to the the forward movement of the individuals around me and the individuals that I touch. I don't want it. You know what I'm saying? I just want to make sure that we always remember to blame who's to blame. The, the white <laughs> man or slavery? <laughs> we need us a button. Racism. White man. White supremacy. White supremacy. That's the answer. I got it wrong still. Okay. Just want to make sure we always remember who is at fault. In public, I say why people. I'm not certain if there was prostitution in Africa at all. Amongst Girl. ourselves. Uh, uh, amongst ourselves. That started in Rome. You know that started in Rome. She said, you know that started in Rome, girl. (laughs) What about the Greeks? Same difference. Neighbors. All the same. (laughs) Roman Empire. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Mythology. Yeah, I mean, listen. That's serious. That that right there is serious. She Mm. ain't never lying. She you ain't lying. lying. She ain't mm. lying. Mm-mm. She not lying. She not lying. But that disconnect Mm-mm. is real because if you know we start talking about that, I'm like, they wasn't Christians neither. So what are we doing? It has been brilliant the way that we've been separated. It's <laughs> been brilliant, and then we're still doing the same stuff and compartmentalizing other people all the time. You're supposed yeah. to be like this. You're supposed to be like this. Well, this is who you showed us who you were. So that's who you have to be for the rest of your life. I think that people have forgotten that we're all human beings. We're multidimensional. It's not fair. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time.
everyone, it's Eves, a producer on the show. Jill mentioned porn and sexuality icon Vanessa Del Rio. Her book called Vanessa Del Rio, 50 Years of Slightly Slutty Behavior, chronicles her life through images, stories, and a DVD documentary. It doesn't seem like the book is easy to get and it's pricey where it's available. So if that's not accessible to you, you can read more about her online, follow her on Twitter, or head to her website, vanessadelrio.com. Laia also recommends the Sex Workers Project of the Urban Justice Center. Based in New York, the organization advocates for the rights of sex workers and for policy change, provides legal services to sex workers and human trafficking survivors, and offers educational materials and workshops for sex workers, service providers, and organizations. Even if you're not in New York, you can head to their site to learn more about sex work and the issues the org is working on. And you can support them or other organizations in your area working to decriminalize sex work and advocate for sex workers' rights, even if that just means donating or amplifying their work on social media. You can find more info about the Sex Workers Project at swp.urbanjustice.org. I'll drop links in the episode description. This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laia St. Clair, and Aja Graydon Dantzler. Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laia St. Clair and me, Eve's Jeff Cope. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Christina Loringer. I think we should also mention that Maya Angelou herself was a sex worker at one time. <laughs> and Viola Davis played Fantasia Barino's mother in the Fantasia Barino story. I don't understand. Asia, make that make that make that work. How to how to how, link it up. Asia, link it up. Link it up. How, how did it connect it? Connect it. Asia. How did it connect? <laughs> yeah, we look at Viola Davis as this incredible, amazing actress. I don't want you to keep that out. <laughs> and once upon a time. She was in a Lifetime story playing was, Verino's mother. He I'm he just saying. I order a lot. Is that I, 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 I don't have any judgment in that statement. Okay, we can cut that out. Eve's. Okay, okay. I'm just that saying out. that sometimes we oh, go from someplace to get funny. someplace else. Oh. He's saying. Just because that's where we started. Don't mean that's where we go in the baby. And I knew you was going to connect it. You see what I'm saying? How it all worked out. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Tr- I listen to work construction. Don't be editing that out. That I work shit. demolition. <laughs> My back is still not right because of it. What? You just demolished that metaphor. I'm just saying. J.L is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or 
get goofy officially, step up like a boss and save the day, or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.